Well, hey, Lakeview family and friends, welcome to episode two, if you want to call it that, of Sunday Service Online, March 22nd. Uh, Welcome to all of our guests who may be joining us today for the very first time. Maybe you're hunkered down with your family and you're sitting around grabbing up coffee and breakfast and joining us for service today. Thanks so much for being a part of our time together. Uh, it is a different moment for us to be in a building that's, that's empty when we're used to all being together. But we thank God that we have some ability to join together uh, through video. There's a lot for us to talk through this morning, and primarily what we want to do is spend our time in God's Word together. We know there's a lot going on. Thank you to so many of you who have been communicating with us and keeping us informed about how you're doing and what needs are in your life, how we can serve you and pray for you right now. Uh, listen, this morning, here's the service outline real quick. Uh, we're going to have a time of worship in just a moment, worship and song. And, and I get that, you know, we don't have word lyrics for you. So you may have a little bit of a hard time following along. Do the best you can and do what maybe you wish you could do sometimes on Sunday morning when there are words up on a screen. How about just soak in the words? Even if you don't know all the words, just listen carefully and let them soak into your heart and just let them resonate in terms of who God is and what he has for us as we meditate in song. That's really what worship and singing is about. It's about meditating in song. Uh, Then when they're done with worship, I'm going to lead us through just some announcements, keep us informed uh, of all that's going on in the church and how you can stay in touch with that. And then I'll bring us a message that I hope serves us right in this hour. All right, well, you may have heard already through our prayer chain, uh, sickness has kind of swept through the staff. Uh, We're not quite sure whether it's coronavirus sickness or not, because apparently they don't really care to test our millennial pastors. Uh, The guys who aren't running enough of a fever aren't getting tested. Ronald and Eric are both down and out right now. Uh, And then we went to our third backup worship leader, and uh, that was Kurt Roberts. And Kurt's down and out right now as well. So... Uh, I asked the Partridge family to come join me today for worship, and what, what we got was Gina on the spot, not Johnny on the spot, but Gina on the spot, and my son Seth, who are going to be leading us in, in worship today. Well, let's do this. Let's open in prayer together. Let's just believe that God wants to meet with us, even though we're all over the, the country even. We've heard from folks who are watching from far away sometimes, but let's pray together and welcome God to meet with us. Father, we are so grateful for moments where we can sit at your feet. We can touch the hem of your garment. God, we can become more powerfully aware that you are ruling and reigning in every moment of our lives. Lord, there's been a lot of noise this week and our our hearts are unsettled. Lord, there's just a lot of new things that we don't know how how they're going to resolve There are problems that we don't know if anybody's going to fix anytime soon. So God, we are gathered this morning feeling a bit vulnerable. And Lord, you know that. You knew that from the beginning, that we were but dust. Lord, you were the God who took man into his hand and formed us out of dust. And then you breathed into us the breath of life. You know our frame that we are but dust us. We don't have it all together. God, we're not brave and courageous. We are creatures who need our creator. And so God, thank you for meeting with us this morning. Thank you for songs 
that set our hearts before you. Thank you for the way you draw near to us in these moments. Lord, you said faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So Lord, in this next hour or so, we want to hear your word. We want to hear it sung. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear it from the scriptures in the ways that we need it right now. So Father, use this time and be near to us. In Jesus' name. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is thy health and salvation. Listen to the word of the Lord from Nahum chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Hebrews six nineteen. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 4, 17. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory 
beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still and striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on the cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. body lay, light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his, and he blood of Christ No guilt in life No fear in death This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home.
we have had our eyes fixed on many things this week. Lord, ultimately there is one thing that matters in all eternity. It is you. It is your purposes. It is the fact that nothing that you plan and intend can fail. Lord, I thank you that we don't sing these songs by crossing our fingers and maybe hoping maybe some of that is true that we just sung about. Lord, we have a certainty that you rule over your creation from every moment into all eternity. So Lord, this morning, we thank you for a moment where we can be helped by your word, helped by these songs to turn our eyes on Jesus. And God, I pray for every person who is joining us today. Or maybe some are just curious about who you are. They're not certain. They think that there's a God out there. They, they've heard some things about you. Lord, Lord, you delight to reveal yourself to us. God, I pray that you do that. But for those of us who have walked with you and known you for years. Lord, would you draw near to us in this moment, in this place, in this hour of our lives? And yet again, reveal yourself to us more deeply. So God, we do exactly what we just sung. Lord, we turn our eyes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm married to the woman who just sang that way for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She really is Gina on the spot because this was a a last minute. Everybody can't do this, but honey, I hope you can. Seth, thank you as well for being Seth on the spot. Well, church, let me uh, run through some uh, announcements for us this morning just to, to help keep us connected when we're so disconnected right now. We got... Got Mr. Jordan Bellamy on the slides today. So Jordan, help me out here, buddy. Here's what's happening in the news column. Uh, Updates available on on the Lakeview app. If you don't have the Lakeview app, this is a great time to just download it and have it available because we're trying to kind of funnel everything into that app. So you'll know, go to one place and everything you need to know is going to show up on the app. 
Um, there's a space on the app. I think it's underneath the tab that says coronavirus. Uh, if you'll click on that tab, you don't get coronavirus, but you will get some news about what we're doing relevant to that. So there's a question you're going to get there. Tell us how you're doing. Many of you guys who are part of the church, you got an email. Just, just tell you, help us as elders and pastors to stay informed about how we can pray for you. Maybe there's a unique thing going on in your life right now we need to follow up with you about. Uh, We'd be glad to try and do that as quickly as possible. Uh, The support your LCC business community. Uh, Those of you guys who are part of the church, you got an email, I think it was Friday, asking you to let us know if you have a business that we can seek to serve during this time as a church. Right, so we've got we've got restaurant owners in our midst. We've got uh, guys who work in home maintenance and home projects, from plumbing to roofing, etc. Um, if you've got needs going on right now, and and you want to support our businesses, our businesses are, are are really challenged, like everybody else's, especially the restaurant guys and folks that are just not seeing traffic and foot traffic. Uh, last night, I went and did some takeout from one of our, our local businesses that is in the church who owns a restaurant. So p- we're going to publish these for you as a church so that you'll know where you can go, where you can pick some things up. Uh, who, if you need a service, there's going to be guys in the church that you can follow up on. You know, obviously, you can call the church office to get more information. But if you're a business owner, we need to hear from you. You can go on the app, fill out that form, and get us that information so we can get this out first part of the week. All right, ways to give. Uh, us not being together, I know kind of we can't pass the basket this morning, and if we did, there'd be nobody here to receive it. But you can go to our website, and you'll find a place to give. There's a little give tab that you can click on that. The LCC app has a, a give place as well that you can click on that if you'd like to give. You can go to your own bank and create a bill pay, just like you'd play, pay Intergy or Atmos or whatever your Cox service is, et cetera. You can put us as... Uh, the, the person to receive a check from your bank and they'll send that. Or you can just mail us a check and, and that will get to us. Uh, all right, a couple more things I want to just say about the app. When you go on the app, um, there's Sunday service materials there. As a matter of fact, you can go ahead and open up that if you have access to that this morning and, and you can look at the notes. We do have notes online for the message today, so you can go on there and look at that. Uh, there is a, the kids ministry app or heading, if you Press on that, you'll get some fresh updates and some resources, some lessons made available. Uh, Pastor Evan, Ellen has put some things on there, and there's resources there for you. There's lesson plans available for you to walk through these things with your kids. We know we're spending a lot of time at home these days with our kids. Um, there's a little app, a uh, little place on the app called Midweek Medicine, and and many of you guys just contacted us and said, "Hey, can could we hear from the pastors during the week? That would be just so helpful." So we've invented something. We're just called midweek medicine, uh, just something to help with the soul. Started to call it group therapy. Uh, It's us talking through the things that are going on right now all around us. And and how is God and his word relevant to the things that we're experiencing as we travel through these times? So that's kind of what we're going to be navigating in the the midweek medicine. And you'll hear from one of the pastors in that regard. Uh, One more thing, look for the coronavirus update location on our app to be telling you about opportunities to serve in our community. Uh, I think like everybody, we're just catching up on on where the needs are going to be. A lot of them haven't surfaced yet. You'll notice that in your own life. But in the next week and the week after that, 
they're going to start to surface more. And so we're, we're looking into ways that we can engage the need that's in our community and, and bring some help, whether it's senior citizens who need some help or folks who just need some uh, things taken care of that they can't do right now because of health reasons or, or things going on in their world. So if you go to the app, you'll have all the information that you need in those categories. Um, let me do this because, you know, I, I do want to make use of some of our regular formatting because our regular formatting is meaningful and, and it's important. And so, you know, usually at this point in the service, we'd be passing a basket. We'd be giving you an opportunity to give and, and we'd be praying over that. And so I want to do that, even though, you know, you're going to have to pull up your app and give electronically, you're still giving by faith into the kingdom of God. And so can we just stop for a moment right where you are there and let's just pray together over what we're doing as we give this morning. Father, we give first and foremost out of recognition that everything that we have in our lives has come from you. God, every breath that we take, you provide it. God, the sun that came up today, you provided that. Lord, the income that comes into each of our lives, you are providing that. And and God, that's so helpful in this hour Because we don't have to wonder where our provision is going to come from. A week from now, a month from now, two months from now. You will still be our source of provision. Two months from now, two years from now. That's not going to change. It's not our jobs. It's not our bank accounts. It's not our ability. It's you who will provide for us. And so, Lord, we... We're going to give an acknowledgement of that. God, that's the, the step of faith that giving is. We actually give something of ourselves away from us to you. But by faith, we know you are the source of all that we'll need in the future. And you're going to meet our needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible, you got an app or something you want to read along with us in just a moment, we're going to be jumping into God's word. But, but let me give you a little bit of a, a background for why we're approaching this particular topic this way. In your app notes there, if you want to open that up to Sunday morning, you'll see the, the next message there is titled, The God Who Catches Viruses. Right, so I want to introduce you to something about God that maybe you knew, maybe you didn't know, but, but God willingly catches viruses. And so we're going to see that towards the end here. But we're going to try and answer a little bit of a question today about where does this COVID-19 coronavirus come from? Um, I'm sure if you're like me, you've spent more time watching press conferences this week than you ever have in your entire life. And I almost, I almost set the podium up with a bunch of microphones right here. We didn't have enough staff to pull off some of my crazy ideas, but I almost put microphones everywhere here so that we could do a bit of a press conference this morning because I know we're used to watching press conferences right now. Uh, you know, in those press conferences, people are asking lots of questions, right? There's, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, there's curiosity. There's a lot of things going on in press conferences that I probably shouldn't even talk about, but... Uh, people have an interest in something that's going to touch their lives. And so they're asking questions and the president, vice president and others are trying to answer. The governor's trying to answer those things. Well, this morning, you know, I'm representing the other elders, the pastors in our church. Uh, You know, my, my role is to do what the Bible says, that there are those in your life as pastors who are, quote, keeping watch over your souls. That's what the Bible says that that we're to be doing. 
And so this has been a unique time frame, and it's bringing some unique challenges into your soul. And we want to step into these moments with you, and we want to keep watch over your soul and the things that are happening as we travel through this. So we gathered for prayer uh, earlier this week and prayed with, with the elders, and we talked through a number of things together. And, and one of the things that kind of came to me as we were doing that was, was to recognize this is an event that's going to unfold I, I, I guess I'd say in chapters, right? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a chapter one and then it's going to move to a chapter two and it's going to have, have a chapter three. And as we were just thinking through how can we serve the church? How can we be praying for the church? What kind of experiences are people going to be having? You know, I could hear the ideas in the room that some of those were things that were going to be happening a month from now or, or two weeks from now. And some of those were things that were going to be happening right now. And let me just share this very, very, very important life principle that, that we should always be living by this. It's in your, in your app notes. It's the passage in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. And by the way, if you're spending any time looking for some passages to, to meditate on, oh boy, the end of, of Matthew chapter 6 is massively helpful. But Jesus is going to say something to us about how we live our lives, right? He's going to turn around and say, therefore... Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, right? So, you know, modern translation, hey, a person who walks through life on a 24-hour basis, stay in your lane, right? Don't, Don't try and do and take on more than creaturely God has designed us for. You, You and I are not omniscient, right? So we can't know what's in the future. And that is kind of what's driving me crazy watching some of these uh, press conferences is the questions that get asked are more like, hey, can you bust out your crystal ball and tell us how long? And uh, it's like, uh, I don't know is a good answer in some of those moments. But there are things in the future. There are. But God has not given us the ability to know them. But, but he knows them, right? God is omniscient. He knows everything that is happening and is going to happen. But we don't, right? I, I can't be in more than one place. I'm in this one place. And so Jesus is just saying, hey, remember, you're a creature. And if you try and live in more than one moment and more than one place at a time, it's going to overwhelm you and you will lose all sense of peace. So this is a life tip that all of us should be living by all the time, right? Our anxiety gets ramped up when we try to take on more than just right now. But we're not called to take on more than just right now, right? So we're going to stay in our space and, and we're just going to, we're going to look to God. That's the one thing God is saying. God, God goes ahead of us in time because he can. And he comes back to tell us, trust me, I got this. But, but how do I know you've got it? Well, well I've, I've gone ahead of you in time. I, I know exactly what's going to happen. You just hold my hand. I got that. And that's how we're designed. And so don't be thinking Oh, at the next press conference, what's going to come out is they're going to tell us when everything's going to stop. Um, There's nobody at one of those press conferences that can go forward in time and come back and tell us what's going to happen. But God lives outside of our time. He knows what's in tomorrow. And he says, hey, you just live today. And the one thing you pay attention to is just hold my hand. Just look to me and trust me. Right, so that's what I want to be occupied with, and we need to do that. But, but this is going to be a bit of an unfolding story for us. And so over the, the coming messages, I want to travel with us through this story. And let me give you a good example of that. 
Remember the story in Exodus? Those of you familiar with the Bible, or maybe if you haven't even read the Bible and you've, you've seen the Ten Commandments or you've watched the story about this nation of Israel that was in Egyptian bondage. They were there for centuries. And God is going to come bust them out of that and lead them into a new promised land. Well, that's the, that's the overview of the story of Exodus. But you remember, it happened in chapters, right? Chapter 1 finds a people who have for centuries been what feels like abandoned in Egypt. They're, they're under Egyptian bondage. They're, they're, they're servanthood under this mean Pharaoh who's demanding that their lives be just bare minimum while they build his cities and serve him. So this is the condition that they're in in, in chapter 1. But you remember chapter 1 actually starts far removed from them. God is on the other side of the world, so to speak. He's not on the other side of the world, but he's pretty far away with a man named Moses setting a bush on fire. Because in chapter one, God is about to awaken a man's heart to lead these people out of their bondage. But they don't know that. They don't know what God's up to in some other place. They don't know how this is ever going to change. So in that moment, life feels like there's no hope. There's no future. This is never going to change. And then Moses shows up on the scene, right? And we move to chapter two. The idea that somebody could come in the name of God could set us free from all this. Well, I don't know if they really believed that at first, right? Would you? You've been in this bondage all these years. You've seen the power of Pharaoh. And this guy comes walking up with a stick and says, hey, I can set you all free because God sent me. I'm not sure I'm going with that right away, but then the fireworks break out and the plagues come and God brings one act of power after another. And at some moment, something rises up in their hearts and says, this could happen. We could be out of here. This could be over. Listen, we probably felt like maybe when the president said this week that, that there's a drug out there that might work right? A little bit of breakthrough, right? Left in our hearts. This could be over. We, we could see the end in sight, right? We, we, you feel a certain way. Your soul feels a certain way in that moment, right? And we're going to have moments where that's how our soul gets to interact with this, this season. But remember for the Israelites, their next step was going to be, let's take 3 million of you and cross the wilderness together. Um, where there's, there's, there's no gas stations. There's no McDonald's. Uh, there's, there's no places that we know to stop for a drink. Uh, we're just going to venture out into the wilderness here. How many of you know in that moment, their soul found a new place to have a new need for God to show up uniquely in their lives? Right? And they, they survived that. It, w- it was a challenge. And there's miracles and God shows up. And then you get to the next chapter. They're all at Mount Sinai. And this one leader who has spoken for God goes up on the mountain and everybody else kind of shelters in place, if you will, at the foot of the mountain, stay here. But one day passes and another and another and another and 20-something and 30-something days, and Moses doesn't come back. He's going to be gone for 40 days. They don't know when he's coming back. And they have a different moment in that moment, right? In that moment, they panic and start building their own gods to rescue them. And then remember, chapter after that, God promises them a promised land. So they send some spies ahead into the land to say, hey, let's go see what this place looks like. And the spies come back and say, oh, well, uh, the people there are big. Their cities are fortified. They're well organized. I don't know if we can do this. Uh, All these chapters felt a certain way for them. And God was going to need to show up in every one of those chapters. And And I feel like this. 
this coronavirus season is going to have moments for us that we're going to need God to show up in these seasons in some unique way. So today, I just want to draw us into chapter one. I want to find grace for us to help today in our hour of need. So as we if we were to call chapter one something, uh, I think we've got a title here, Origins, right? This is the beginning of this thing, right? And it's a, it's a new, it's an unprecedented day. It's full of stuff that, that we don't know where the parts go yet. We haven't figured so much of this thing out. But if I could put some, some subheadings in this first chapter, uh, one of them I used last week in the message, vulnerability, right? This, this first chapter has introduced us to vulnerability. Who knew that something that felt so far away and so small, just a little viral thing in, in a town in China, could travel all over the world, could shut down industries, could halt governments and school systems and individual lives? Who knew that that could happen? Who knew that our biology as creatures could be vulnerable to something that comes out of nowhere but finds its way into each and every one of us sometimes? Suddenly, the world that we're a part of just doesn't feel as safe, does it? Now, if you, you want to think a little bit more about that, you can go back last week and, and pick up the message from last week. Because I want to get to a couple of other words that are in this first chapter with us. Right, so last week I mentioned the word disruption. And, and I want to get to that word, but I think I'm going to hold off on it for right now because I want to get to another word that to me has floated past disruption. And our lives are very disrupted. And there's some things to learn about disruption when it comes to us. And there's some things that we can do with disruption that are very helpful, actually. But we'll save that for another time. Today, I want to look at the, at the word definition. All right, this definition has floated to the surface. We need a definition for this thing, right? We need, we need to put this thing somewhere. So we've got to explain it and define it, right? So if, you, if you're looking on the notes there that are in the app, I put this in the notes. By definition, I mean, we are seeking to understand what this event is and what it means. We're doing that on a natural level. That's what these press conferences are about. We want to understand where the virus originated and what we can do biologically and practically to deal with it. Where did this thing come from and where is it headed? Right. So biologically, We've recognized it as a respiratory disease. Uh, it shows up with certain signs and symptoms, right? I mean, I know most of you, if you're walking around with anything that sounds like it's about to be a cough or, you know, your chest feeling, we're just checking for symptoms. But the one thing we're not doing is, you know, if my elbow hurts or my toe is hurting, I'm not thinking, do I have coronavirus, right? We're learning something about the nature of this thing. What practically can we do? How do, you know, washing hands and social distancing. All right, so we're learning these things in the natural realm. Uh, but we need a definition as well in the realm of our soul, spiritually. What's going on? Where did this thing come from? What's the nature of it spiritually? And, and where is it headed? And how does it get fixed? And what does it mean? What does this event mean? All right, so we're asking these questions about this event. And, and I've, I've kind of bumped into a number of, of questions from folks, had some good conversations with uh, some friends and folks are sorting through some of my kids' friends. Shout out to Shanna, who's maybe watching this morning with her family. She asked me some really good questions this week about what does this mean? So I, I know we're asking questions like, does the Bible say anything about this sort of event? 
Uh, hey, do, do, does this mean that Jesus is coming back soon? Hey, uh, Pastor Keith, do you, do you think this is the judgment of God on the world? or on, You can't just say on our nation, right? Because this is happening all over the world. Well, uh, I want to venture into some of those questions today, but I, I want to do it carefully and I want to do it humbly because uh, I, I think in moments like these, it is very appropriate for your answer to be, I don't know. Right. I, I wish the governor and the president would feel more of a liberty to answer questions with, I don't know. Because in reality, we don't know everything. We're creatures with limitations and we, we just don't know. I, I've told the guys in the church before, I got pretty good grades in college, A's and B's, but calculus, first year of engineering school, calculus just ate my lunch, right? I barely got a C in that class and I'm, I'm not sure that wasn't just grace from God to get that. Uh, if I can't figure out calculus, I know that, that sounds hard, but really it's it's math. It's just everything that's to know is knowable for you to figure out calculus, but yet I still can't figure it out. Well, it's appropriate for me to greet life and to recognize, you know, I know God knows everything, but I don't. And, and so I'm going to try and answer some questions here today, but I don't know everything. And, and I'm not sure about all the answers to, to these events and, and what they mean right now. But there are some things in the scriptures, the, the sure word of the scriptures that can help us interact with this. So I want to point to two possibilities, right? So there is, there is an explanation of the origin of this that's going to have to do with how did anything in the world get broken? Why is anything, why is there any disease? Why is anything like this even possible? So that'd be the first thing we're going to look at. Second thing we're going to look at is, does God ever show up and do specific things in this world? All right, so let's look at those two things right here. So here's origin number one, life conditions in a fallen world, right? So, you know, all the movies that try to figure out how to solve these kinds of moments, they they all want to go back to patient one, right? Can we go back and find the first person who got this thing? Well, if you and I travel back to patient one, right, we're we're going to go back to Adam and Eve in a place called the garden, and and we're going to get it introduced to a, a non-virus world that turns into a COVID-19 world. So if you want to go back to the first time anything like this happened, uh, this is where we go. We go to Genesis chapter 1, and we hear God describing his creation this way. Verse 31, God saw everything he made, and behold, it was very good. There was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. So God, when he created everything, there was no coronaviruses to be found. There was no problems to be found. Everything he created could receive the label good. This was a good place. There was no conflicts. There were no problems. God created a good place. And God set man in this good place in Genesis chapter 2. Verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. 
For in the day, this is the dawn right here, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So at this moment when God had created everything and and in his love and affection for man presented this beautiful creation to man to dwell in it, enjoy it, live in it. God said, right now, everything works just right. Right, you understand, there's no viruses out there. I don't think they did hand washing in the garden eating. I can't guarantee you that, but I'm pretty sure. I think you could eat whatever was on your hands and it wasn't gonna be a problem. You could touch other people. You weren't gonna transfer anything. It was a different world. But the reality of this story is there came a day when human disobedience, brought something into that garden and into this world that has changed it forever, right? I think I wrote this out in your app notes if you've got it. The human story, the origin of COVID-19 begins the day that humanity opened the door of the Garden of Eden and the first virus came into our world. And that virus was called sin. And it was 100% contagious and transferable and everyone got it. There would not be a human being. There was no social distancing that could keep you from getting this viral infection of sin that would now come into our world and it would touch everything. And it would introduce this world to things like viruses and many more things that have made our world a difficult place to live. You know, when you look into the the New Testament, all the way in the New Testament, Romans chapter 5 Verse 12 describes this event this way. The Apostle Paul writes and says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, right? The original guy who caught this. And death then spread through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. And so if you and I want to figure out what has happened in our world and, and, and I said, this is important because at this moment, when, when this becomes harder and harder for us to deal with, you're going to be wrestling with, do I want to look to this God? Do I want to trust in this God? Do I want to hope in this God? Because part of us is going to say, why is this God letting this stuff happen? Why? People losing jobs, people getting sick. We're watching people die because of this virus. So it's going to be very tempting to wonder whether we can trust God. I get that. And we're going to have to address that in the, in the days ahead. But this is helpful for us to know. The God who created this world created it with no viruses in it. There was no sin in the world. There was no conflict. There was no husbands and wives not getting along. Those things weren't in God's creation. It was when man opened the door to sin that the whole world changed. Now, here's the reality of where you and I are. We live outside of Eden, if you will. We, we don't live in an environment where sin doesn't exist. We live in a world where sin does exist, and, and it's all around. And it says where sin exists, eventually death is going to exist. So that's, the, that's a scary thing, because I know we're watching this play out with the coronavirus, that what is, what is, where does the sickness go? Well, for some people, it goes into recovery, and they're going to be fine. For most people, that's the story. For a few, that's not the story. But this is different. What entered into humanity from the very beginning was sin would 
would invade everything and touch everything and eventually would end in death. And so that's where sin is going. So a major concern for us is how do we, how do we solve that problem, right? And God is the God who solves that problem, right? He's going to show up in our world with a way for us to escape the impact of sin in our world. But I just want to fill that in first. How did we get to COVID-19? What's the origins of things like COVID-19 in our world? Well, you got to go all the way back to patient number one, all the way in the Garden of Eden. When sin entered the world, disease entered in with it, and eventually death would follow that. But what about this other question? Here's origin number two. The question of of the creator, does the creator of the world interact with the world in intentional ways? Right, so that's, that's folks asking the question, is this some kind of judgment from God? Um, well, you know, whether or not I can specifically answer that question, can we just at least look at the Bible to see, does God ever do anything like that? Well, when we read the Bible, we find out God does interact with his creation. God does show up in moments in ways that previously he wasn't showing up that way. And maybe later on, he's not going to show up that way, but he does come, right? So if we go back to Genesis again, we don't get too far into the history of man. We get to Genesis chapter six and we read this story. We're all familiar with the story of Noah and the great flood, right? So here's, here's where this reveals something to us about God interacting with his creation. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. See, what what began with one temptation spread into the human heart in a way that evil took over the human heart, and it just began to function everywhere to the point where God looked upon his creation, and and this is what he saw. Verse 6, it says, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land. So God is saying, I'm going to take a specific action here. This is life has been playing out. It's getting worse and worse and worse. I'm going to step in, right? And then Genesis chapter seven, we get the details of God stepping in. In the 600th year of Noah's life, the second month on the seventh day of the month, on that day, right? God stepped in at a particular moment, did a particular thing here. On that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth and the windows of the heavens were opened and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And, and, and that's why we have this story of the great flood that, that touched the earth. All right, so when we glance at that and we open our Bible up and we ask the question, does God ever show up in specific ways at a specific time in people's world? And, and we have to say yes. Yes, God does. Um, we mentioned the story of Egypt. Uh, God showed up in a specific way of, of a land that God wanted his people to be released from them, but the Pharaoh and the people refused to let those people go. So God visited them in ways that were unusual. He showed up and he did things in that land. And we, we know the 10 plagues, we've heard of those. But, you know, before God showed up, there were frogs in the land. But when God showed up, there were a lot of frogs in the land and they were everywhere. Uh, There was gnats in the land. Everybody's always had gnats. But when God showed up, there were so many gnats that you probably couldn't breathe gnats. There were locusts in the land. But when God showed up, there were locusts everywhere eating everything. There were boils and skin diseases in the land of Egypt. But when God showed up, 
there was a new day in that category. So God does show up in this world. And he does things that, that whether you and I understand them or agree with them is a, a separate question. You know, there, are, there is a history of humanity from the garden on that people don't get along with each other, right? So what starts with a dispute between two people, because uh, I just don't like you or you're inconveniencing me or you got something I want and I'm going to take it by force. Uh, that turns into a tribe that goes to war against another tribe, turns into a nation that goes to war against another nation. And next thing you know, we got wars in our world. And when you try to explain why, why did we have this war or that war that touched the world? Well, in some way you can go all the way back to the garden and answer that. But you know, there's a few places in the Bible where God actually showed up and brought an army to come against his own people to correct them for living lives that were so out of bounds. The Assyrian army shows up at the door of Israel and God was behind that. The Babylonian army shows up and, and, and God had sent them as well. So uh, be aware, there is a God who does engage the world that we live in. Now, if you're asking me, well, Keith, is, is COVID-19 a judgment from God? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe somebody does know. And I couldn't, wouldn't say that God can't show that to us if he wants us to know that. Uh, there are a lot of things that take human life on, on grand scales and, and will take more human life this year. Heart disease will probably far outdo uh, the lives taken by the coronavirus. Cancer is going to take a lot of lives, right? These things, I, I can definitely say these things are, are what came about from the Garden of Eden. When sin entered the world, it produced a world that was broken in all these categories. Is COVID-19 just another step in that brokenness of our world? Well, it, it could be. Uh, it could be that. Or could it be God visiting something to get the attention of humanity because there, there's a, a bit of out-of-boundness to the way in which we're living our lives? You know, it, it could be that as well. But, but what I would want us to, to pick up on right now is this. There is a God who steps into the affairs of human beings. There is a God, according to scripture, who intervenes in our lives. And that is so important for you and I right now as we walk through this event. I know everything feels like it's, it's a bad news moment right now. Uh, but you know, the word in the, in, in the scriptures that, are, that is so important to us is the word, the gospel. And you've probably heard that word, even if you've not picked up the Bible much and read it, you've probably heard the word, the gospel. Well, that that word in the scriptures, it means the good news. And so the mere fact that God would come and say, hey, there is good news, is because God is very aware that in this world, there's a lot of bad news. Life is broken. Ever since the Garden of Eden, life is broken. It affects us. But God comes along and he brings us good news and so I want, I want to just glance at this good news in the gospel of John, right? So this is the gospel in the gospel of John. And let's just look at a couple of verses here together so that you and I can see the heart of the God who does intervene in the lives of men, right? So this is how the gospel of John starts in John chapter one. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was was God. 
He was in the beginning. So the word is a description of a person in this passage. So this is describing the God who is going to be described as the word in this passage. But we're talking about a person. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So we go all the way back to the beginning. God created this world and who is this that created? Well, we scoot down just a few verses from John chapter 1 down to verse 14. It says, And the word, remember the word is a he, became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, who is that? Well, we know that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the God who created everything, who one day became one of us. He put on human flesh. He came into our world with all of its brokenness, all of its conflict, all of its diseases. Jesus came into that world. The word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So note this real quickly. The God who created everything in the garden, the one who was disobeyed, by the way, right? Humanity tells God, hey, we got this. Thanks for the beautiful garden and thanks for some instructions, but we think we got it from here on. We're going to do it a different way. And in spite of the fact that you're going to grieve the heart of God, remember when God looked on the world that was about to be flooded, his heart was grieved as he saw the condition of man. So when man says, hey, we got this, we're going to go in a new direction, God knows this is going to be grievous where you take this. But that God, he's here in John chapter 1, verse 14. He's back on the scene. He has shown up in the world that rejected him and did it their own way. He has shown up here. And, and when you notice Jesus walking around in the flesh, uh, and this is important if, if in the days ahead, you're wondering whether you can trust this God. When Jesus showed up, he was not okay with the, things, the way things were. He interfered with the things that were all around him. The Bible records Jesus this is one of the things that got people's attention. He went from place to place. The Bible says healing all who had diseases and afflictions, all of them. Why, why did he do that? Uh, because I think Jesus hates disease. He didn't put disease in the original creation. That wasn't his original design, that man would have disease roaming about in his body. I think the things that we see and the fear that we're experiencing and and the, the falling out of diseases that turn into death, I don't think Jesus cares for that at all. Or he'd have put that in the original design, but it wasn't there. And so Jesus shows up on scene and he says, hey, I'm here with you. And he undid disease one after another. Crowds would come to him. They'd stand in line forever for Jesus to touch their bodies and to heal them. If you read the Gospels, you're going to find a Jesus who walks around interacting with our broken world. He doesn't like the brokenness of it. He interacted with demons, spiritual beings that afflict people and bring discomfort and pain and problems into people's lives. But Jesus confronted them and overpowered them and kicked them out of people's lives. This is not what Jesus wanted for people. The injustice that is in our world, the pride that's in human hearts, the immorality that causes us to do things that grieve God and hurt one another. Jesus spoke to those things. So he cares about this moment so much so 
that he invaded it, came as a man, and walked among us. But, but what was going on there, right? Here's the good news in the Gospel of John. John chapter 3, verse 16. Many of us know this verse. If nothing else, you've seen it referenced on a football game or basketball game. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You can have eternal life. In other words, so death came in and it spread to every man. But Jesus comes along and says, hey, I can give you eternal life. You have a death sentence right now, but I've got your way out. Right? I can get you out of that. That's what Jesus comes to announce to the world. For God did not send his son into the world, right? This is a God who intervenes. Does God show up in our lives? Yes, he does. He sends his son into our world. He didn't do that, though, to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, right? Jesus is not just here to say, listen, you're all bad and you're all going to hell. Just came down to let you know that. That's not why Jesus shows up. Now, he is here to show us that we need to turn from sin in order to receive God's grace and God's remedy for this disease that's in all of us. But he came to make a way for us. He came to bring life. The next verse says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. God. These are powerful verses and they're uncomfortable verses, right? Whoever does not believe is condemned already. In the language of that's filling our press conferences today, if you already have the sin virus in you, you are going to die. There's no possibility that you will ever escape that outcome. If you've got that virus You have a death sentence just waiting for it to happen. But if you believe in Jesus, Jesus says, I can take you out of that and give you eternal life. I can end the death sentence. I can put that virus to an end. I've got that kind of power. And I can give you a life that will last forever. I know coronavirus is providing for us an eternal life illustration that's just very important for us. But I just want to make sure we get that this is not a God who stands at a distance. He's not involved and doesn't care. This God shows up and he puts on our our body and then he does something radical. How How about he comes and he gets sin injected into his veins? He comes intentionally and catches our virus. Can you imagine? But this is what 1 Peter says, 1 Peter chapter 2. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, on that cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, his wounds, you have been healed. Right? This is a massive statement, isn't it? I mean, and just the setting that we're living in is such an advertisement for how important this is. It's as though somebody who didn't have the coronavirus but they took the coronavirus into their own body and their body produced the antibodies that were needed that could be given to every human being who'd ever get this disease and those antibodies would heal them forever. Well, that's what Jesus did. 
he took this sin and he bore it in his own body. He, he took the sin himself. He said, hey, inject that in me. And then he did something to that sin that no one else could ever do because nobody else can produce righteous antibodies that can overcome sin. But that's exactly what Jesus did. He produced righteous antibodies. And then he gives that to whosoever will receive it. Right? So Jesus doesn't just show up in our mess. He actually takes that mess upon himself. This, this is not a God that right now you should wonder whether you can trust him. He's going to show up in your space. He willingly catches your virus in order to bring healing into our lives. It's a great book written by a pastor named Timothy Keller. He wrote a book called Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. He says this. He says, God is sovereign over suffering. And yet, God also made himself vulnerable and subject to suffering. When you put on a human outfit and you come submit yourself to this fallen place, Jesus was making himself subject to suffering. Yes, he is Lord of history, but he is also the vulnerable one who entered that history and became subject to its darkest forces. Yes, God often seems to be absent. But Jesus himself experienced the searing pain of the absence when he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you know the story of Jesus' crucifixion, you know there was a moment in which the sin of all humanity was being placed upon Jesus. He was taking it in his body. And God looked away from him. This relationship that has existed for eternity between father and son. In that moment, that son knew nothing of that relationship. It was suddenly void to him. And he cried out in this sense of absence of where is God? Where did you go? Why have you forsaken me? Listen, this is not a God who stands at a distance. This is a God who gets involved in the worst of our situations as Jesus did there. Yes, God is king, but he is a king who came to earth and went not to a throne, but to a cross. So to the question, does God intervene in his world? And is COVID-19 something that God inflicted that somehow, you know, I can't be certain whether this is just the extension of the Garden of Eden or whether God showed up in this moment. I, I don't know the answer to that. I do know this answer. God does intervene in this world. God shows up in this world. God steps into our pain and our brokenness and he takes it on himself. That I'm absolutely sure of. That I know with certainty. He bore our sorrows, the prophet Isaiah said. He carried our griefs. You know, that means right now the sorrows you're experiencing, he bore them himself. The griefs that maybe are coming to our lives right now, he took those on himself as well so that you and I could escape this place and enter into eternal life with the the righteous antibodies that he's gonna provide for us if we'll just look to him. Listen, there's nothing more important in our lives right now than what we know about God. You know, a phrase that the guys in the church have probably heard me 
quote a bunch of times. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I don't remember if A.W. Tozer said that or John Stott, one of those guys said that. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. It's the most important thing right now. So, so what's coming into our mind right now when you think about God? Are you thinking God's detached right now? Are you thinking he's not paying attention right now? Are you thinking these circumstances are unfolding and people are suffering and, and, and God has turned his back somehow? Well, I can't, I can't believe in a God like that because the God that I know is not like that. He, he, he doesn't stop paying attention. He doesn't become forgetful. He doesn't have something better to do. He has an affection for us that is so severe that he was willing to come and take the viruses of our world into himself and deal with them in a way that could give us eternal life. So, so God enters into our moment in order that we may have life. Remember, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world could have life through him. So whatever God does, let's suppose this is a judgment. It's for the purpose that we might have life. The same way God judged his own son on that cross, and he felt the distance of God in that moment, was so that you and I could have life. So listen, I I don't like the the difficulty of this day any more than anybody else does. And and I have have shed tears already watching stories of people losing loved ones. That's a painful thing to go through. But I'm certain of this right now. The God that I know, he enters into our moments with us. He takes them upon himself. So if you and I are shedding tears, he's already borne those griefs. Remember the God who can go ahead of us in time? When he went to the cross, he took these tears with him to the cross. He took these griefs with him to the cross so that he could give us life. And God wants to do that today. So let me, let me just close with this thought. If you're a person right now who's, who's just kind of low in faith, chapter one has come, you're struggling with how, how's this going to turn out? Where is God? Everything feels out of control. Listen, you might identify with those Israelites, right? They, they felt God's absence, but what they weren't aware of was in just the right time in the perfect moment, God was way over there in a place they couldn't see, busy at work, setting a bush on fire and calling a man named Moses to come invade their situation and deliver them. Listen, can you and I in chapter one here be aware God's at work? God's at work. He's setting bushes on fire. He's calling people. And God's got the future. God's going to send what we need in just the right time. God will do what needs to be done for us because that's the kind of love and engagement God has for us. So if you and I are in chapter one wrestling, God, what does my soul need? Okay, I just need to be reminded that God's at work in places that I don't always see because that's what he's like and he's faithful and he knows what I need and he's going to meet me in that moment. Um, if, if you're exploring God right now, and, I, and, I, and, I, and these are moments where we do that, right? We're trying to figure out how to, to look beyond ourselves. Can, can, this is going to sound like it's not good news, but the reason why good news is good news is because there's bad news. All right, so we've called this thing COVID-19. Uh, I'm I don't know why they called it that. I'm sure there's a reason why, but, but that leads me to raise the question of what about COVID-20? What about COVID-21? 22? What would those things be like? 
what kind of vulnerability do human beings have to the next biological thing that comes along in a fallen world? Listen, this is a broken world. Once sin entered it, it is a broken world. But can I just tell you, it's not a permanent place. God is going to turn the lights out on this place one day. And he'll do that in just the perfect time because that's how he is. But until that time, he comes with good news. And he says, if you'll turn to me and you'll trust me, I'll, I'll remove that setting of the death sentence you're under and I'll give you eternal life. And I'll take you to be with me forever. Listen, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I told you last week, I'm an underreactor for most things. So I'm pretty sure somebody's going to come up with something that we can take as a medicine that's going to impact this thing, going to turn it around for us. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. But you do recognize that's just a temporary fix in a world that's going to have a COVID-20. We need something more than that. We need the God of eternity to step into our world and to give us eternal life. And and if you want that life, maybe right now is a great time for you to explore that. Can I just encourage you to do this? Pick up the gospel of John, right? A lot of us got extra time on our hands. So get you a Bible. Uh, If you don't have a Bible and you'll get in touch with us, we'll send you a Bible. Uh, Or you can download stuff and we'll tell you how to do that as well if you just want to contact us. But Get your Bible and start reading the gospel of John. Start learning about this Jesus that begins with the story of this God who loved you, invaded your world, and stepped into your need. And he went all the way to a cross and died in our place to do it. This is a God who loves you. So much so that he came to our unattractive COVID-19 broken world. He'll come to you in this moment. So open your heart to him. Begin to ask him to show himself to you and turn to him. And if you're ready to do that, ask God to come into your life. Ask him to give you the life that he has wanted you to have. Turn away from doing this life your own way and turn to him and trust him. And he'll give you eternal life. That's why he came. Listen, if you've got some questions about that, get in touch with us. You can go on our app. I'm sure there's ways that you can line something up for us to reach out to you. If you were here this morning, <laughs> I'd love to step down off this podium and come and talk to you. And I'd, I'd probably hug you and whatever you've got, I'd get and whatever I've got, you'd get. So the social distancing thing is probably an important factor right now. Um, but let's do this. Let, let's just take a moment, close in prayer and ask God to help us with his word this morning. Father, thank you that there are people listening, watching this morning all over our community, maybe in different states right now. Lord, who are asking a lot of questions. We got a lot of questions, God. God, thank you that you have answered the biggest, most important questions that we could ever face in our lives. Lord, right now, some of us just need a deeper awareness of whether who you are, whether you love us. And God, I know you do. I know your love was so great. God so loved the world that he gave his son into our chaos, into our viruses, into our trouble. And you didn't just come for a visit. You actually took our viruses and our trouble on yourself. This is a God that we know revealed in scripture who we can trust right now and not just right now until COVID-19 is over, but into all eternity. God, we can entrust our lives to you.
What a gift. What a valuable treasure. For that, Lord, we say thank you. Listen, we're praying for you this week. Uh, We look forward to putting out some some helpful encouragement uh, during the week. Again, go on the app. If you need to be in touch with us, please let us know how we can serve you, how we can pray for you, and and be a part of what God's doing in your lives right now. God bless you, and have a God-glorifying week, trusting him in these unusual times.